So I wanted to talk about something that I'm just, I feel sort of bombarded by on a weekly basis, whether it's through coaching or my own kids' uh, stories, you know, about their generation. And I'm sure the same is true for you, depending on how old you are. Um, of just how frustrating life is for the younger generations. And by younger generations, I'm referring specifically to millennials and Gen Z. If you're not in that group, then like me, you, you likely have children who are in that group. So you may not personally relate to this, but you see it. I know you see it. Um, we talk a lot about, or we hear a lot about how money is really at the source of everything. That the new economy, that the way people live is what's making life so difficult. When I say life, I really mean everything. Motherhood, or sorry, parenthood, marriage and parenthood and career, really. I mean, what else is there? Those are the main three things. Um, and I shouldn't say what else is there. There's a lot more. There's leisure time. There's friendship. There's, you know, but those are the biggies. Um, and whenever I see this or hear about it, um, channeled, the frustration channeled toward money. I'm like, is it really that? I mean, yes, money's related, but at the core of it, what I'm seeing is a lifestyle issue. And that's where money does come into that. But underneath that, what I'm seeing is young people who have gotten used to a lifestyle that the rest of us, you know, anybody over say, I don't know, 45, I'm 55. So I'm not sure if that's the right gauge, but those of us older folks, um, never knew until much later in life. So we have this, you know, long history of kind of starting from the bottom, building our way up. And then, and then technology started to change things and make life easier, you know, and, and we, you know, uh, now live in that world too, but we have this history that is nothing like what we, the way we live today. And that's not the case for the younger generations. They've grown up with all these unbelievable conveniences and just basically having it really easy. There's a great book out, although I haven't read it yet, so I can't vouch for it, but I'll just pass it on there. It's called The Comfort Crisis, and I think it probably talks quite a bit about this, um, where you've just never known what it's like to work super hard or to be patient and wait for something, whether it's to arrive in the mail or something that you can could afford and buy later, couldn't afford and then have to save up for and buy later. Just that whole way of life that you and I know they don't. And so a great example is when young people are living their lives and building relationships and postponing marriage as they do, they um, experience, there's actually a name for this, it's called DINK, dual income, no kids, whether you're married or not. It's basically two people working and living kind of the good life 
as long as they possible possibly can until they eventually have children or get married and have children one or both and that essentially means that they're going in the other direction because they've gotten used to a certain way of living and then they have to cut back and learn how to live differently or live on less and that issue combined with these combined with this next thing I'm going to which is really the culprit is causing in from what I can see unbelievable anxiety and depression and stress and the rest and that second thing is this constant relentless FOMO which is an acronym that means if you don't know fear of missing out that comes from social media I cannot even conceive of what it's like to live and grow up in a world where I'm constantly bombarded by, gosh, a whole array of things, but things that are, that are going to feel way bigger and way better than my life. Because what else are you seeing on there? But that, I mean, there's other stuff, I, you know, there's other stuff, but I'm referring to this life that we are privy to that other people have certain other people have that make it appear as though that is a not only normal or average way to live but that you should have that your life should look like that that's what you should aspire to or even if that's not what the takeaway is it's just being confronted with what looks like this better life um, or a bigger life and what that's doing to their relationships at home, whether it's via parenting or in their marriages or relationships. I mean, it takes a huge force of willpower to turn away from that stuff. And I, I, don't, I don't know what young people are going to do if they don't find a way to get really disciplined in the same way they're disciplined about, excuse me, in the same way any of us are disciplined about, you know, food or drink or um, TV watching or whatever it is we want to curtail to have a more productive life. This needs to be part of that. You know, hard and fast rules. I only get an hour a day on social media, if that. And then this is assuming this is not for people who use it for work. Okay. I'm just talking about flipping for the sake of flipping because it's there and you're allowing yourself to be bombarded by these images. So I thought about it recently because as I scroll through Instagram reels on occasion, I try to do it very, actually two specific times of day that I do it. And it lasts, I think about 10 minutes each. I try. I mean, the, um, the occasional time I'll end up maybe there for longer, but typically not. But there's one thing I keep seeing and I can't remember the woman's name, but she's showing this, her, her, um, home decor and how she's decorating her home, which of course I'm immediately drawn to because I love decorating. It's a massive passion of mine. Um, and it's just a hobby and I, I just am drawn to that. And when I look at her stuff, yeah, I'll get some ideas for a few minor little things I'll do here and there, but the scope of what she does on what's 
presumably a full-time basis, although she's turned this into a business, so go her. It's all good. She's not doing anything wrong. But you would have to be loaded without, like, it, it's mind-blowing, the amount of money, because I know what decorating costs, having done it in my smaller way. And I look at that and I think, what the ever-loving? I mean, if you're going to watch that, it's very hard to keep at top of mind that you can't have that because you don't have that kind of wallet. Most people don't. I mean, it's, it's just outrageous. So I'd like to say everybody could just take a snippet here and there and be good with it, but I, I, that's not how it's affecting people. It's making their lives feel substandard. And making them feel as though they're supposed to be doing something differently than they are. And that's what worries me so much. Because it's very difficult to live just a regular life. Just have a regular relationship, a regular marriage, a regular family, a regular life, a regular job. With all that stuff coming at you. And this makes their attempt to do that way harder than you and I ever had to imagine or experience. That's why one of my favorite things on social media is to go back to this. My friend Ruthie pointed out to me, it's a, it's a 1980s Facebook page where you can go back to all this stuff that we grew up with. And gosh, when you look at it, it's just, there's like this rush of, I mean, probably cause you know, I grew up in the seventies and eighties, but just a calm and a peace of just freedom, just ironically freedom from all of this stuff that I'm talking about. And we aspire for these bigger lives, but those bigger lives aren't actually making anybody happier. They're making them more anxiety ridden and more depressed because it's pulling them away from what really is going to fill you up, which is of course your relationships at home. And so that other stuff is just fluff, but it's, but it's making life harder. Okay. So that coupled with having postponed marriage and family and gotten used to a certain life and then try to go back, you can see how all of this together is just extremely difficult. So what you'll end up hearing the younger generations say is this can't happen or this can't be, or uh, I, I'm, there's nowhere to go from here. I'm stuck and uh, um, um, things are so expensive and you know so on and so forth. It's not that that's not true. It is absolutely a thousand times harder, but it's doable with a hell of a lot of discipline. Okay. So I'm going to just mention, I'm, this is just a quick little um, episode to speak to this and help people with a couple of ideas, a couple of tips to help them learn what's essentially, what essentially means how to be satisfied, right? How to be content amidst all of this stuff. And the most obvious thing is going to be cutting back on social media. That's just kind of a given. So just assume that that's part of the deal. So there are three things. One is to set realistic expectations. Realistic expectations, which may mean for many of you lowering them, which sounds so, you know, countercultural. Well, yeah, of course it's countercultural, but it sounds so bad. Lower my expectations? What do you mean? I'm supposed to, you know, shoot for the sky and never lower them. And um, that's what I was raised to believe. But the reality is it's not working for you. So for many of you, it will mean lowering them, but it really only means setting realistic expectations. So when it comes to relationships and marriage, 
for those of you who are in the throes of it and feeling very overwhelmed. It means A, stop looking or expecting for your other person to be your soulmate. Stop looking at stuff that um, highlights romance to such a degree that you are completely losing out on the practical aspects of a relationship and the things that will carry you long term rather than just the feelings all of the time. That's one thing. Get rid of the idea of marriage being 50-50, which is everywhere, right? So if you see something that makes it look like yours isn't, it's crap. It doesn't mean that. Whatever you're seeing is just an image. It's just a message that somebody wants to send, but it doesn't have to do with your life. So don't compare it. This is really all about how not to compare. That's really what I'm talking about here. So that you can stay focused on what you're doing in your home, because that's all that ultimately matters. And the third one, don't expect your man or your marriage or your woman or whatever, your wife or your husband to make you happy. That's not what you're, that's not what they're there to do. That's not what marriage is. So these are things, the expectations that you have, if they're realistic and reasonable and you stay focused on those, you are less, and you know that they're the path forward, you are less um, concerned with or moved by these, these other, this messaging that you're seeing on social media. Become a satisficer. What's that? Being satisfied or becoming a satisficer. I first heard that from, um, oh no, I'm blanking on his book. The Paradox of Choice, Barry Schwartz, years ago. Great book, The Paradox of Choice by Barry Schwartz. It's just as relevant today as it was back when I read it. Becoming a satisficer is figuring out what you need for yourself and your relationship and staying and, and being good with that and stop looking for more and stop looking at what you don't have. And that, of course, that's where the FOMO comes in. That's where social media comes in. Forget about what you're, it used to be just, you know, having to compare yourself to your neighbors, right? But now it's comparing yourself to the whole damn world. And who could possibly be successful with that? You're setting yourself up to fail. You're inviting it in and causing you to not stay focused on being happy with what you have. I'm going to give you a great example. I've, I've started a gluten, gluten-free lifestyle. I was doing it just for grins, you know, just I didn't think I was really going to last, but I'm, I'm coming up on almost six weeks and I love it and I don't think I'm going back. Um, I, I wouldn't say I'm 100%, but I'm definitely 95 and it's great. So there are two ways of looking at this gluten-free lifestyle. I can stay focused. What I'm trying to do is to stay focused on what I can eat and not worry about what I can't. So the bread, the pasta, the beer, the flour, flour tortillas, anything with flour in it. You just take those items and, and get them out of your brain. And I realized how much I actually can still eat if I just remove those items. Now, I'm not, don't everybody try what I'm trying. I'm doing it maybe my own little way. It's not like, for example, I'm eating sugar. It's, I eat very, very little, but it's not like I'm, it's, it's just strictly those items and I'm removing them from my mind. And I realize how much is out there that I can still have. And it's made it super easy 
for me. I'm really surprised. I thought it was going to be a lot harder than it is. There's so much available to me. And I just keep my mind there. I don't even worry about those those items that I can't have because it's it's off the table. It's exactly the same way. That's what I mean by being a satisficer. Decide what you want and need for your life that's going to work and forget about the rest. So that's where social media is going to be very difficult. And if it's affecting you, keep in mind you're allowing it in. You're allowing it in. Is it harder to live in a world where that exists? Absolutely. But I can't change that. What I can tell you is that you're choosing to invite it in. You have to have the discipline to not let it in. And if you just do a test where you just don't do anything for a couple of days, you'll see how much easier it is to stay focused on what you're doing when you remove that piece, when you remove that element. It's really liberating. It feels fabulous. I highly recommend it. And the last one, although it's pretty much a different way of saying the same thing is avoiding the green grass syndrome, which is really what we're talking about here. That's what FOMO is, your fear of missing out because you think there's something better over there. And you have to know that there isn't. You have to really know that and not entertain it. Um, and if, you, if you're clear in your mind that over there, that thing that looks good that you don't have, might solve that one problem that you currently have, but you're going to get a whole bunch more that you can't see. So when you see this person who has this life that's different from yours that you think you want, you're not seeing all the stuff that you have that she doesn't have or he. I'm kind of focusing this focusing this on women because it's women who are more uh, drawn to social media um, typically than men. And men do more of the YouTube. So that's why I keep accidentally saying she, but certainly this applies to both. Um, yeah, so that's, that's one thing. And then the other piece of that is to, another suggestion is to keep a gratitude journal. That's a really helpful thing to do that you can actually, it allows you to actually do something with these thoughts and feelings that you're having, um, by just writing them down. I'm a big believer in writing, saying out loud what you're feeling and writing down what you're feeling. Obviously, as a writer, I've been, do <laughs> been doing that for years and it's it's just a part of my life and I highly recommend it. It doesn't have to be in the form of books. Obviously, you just take a little um, pad of paper or whatever journal and, and, and write in it and get them out. Get out of your head. Get out of your head and look at it on paper and talk to it and you talk to yourself like you're talking to somebody else, you know, and um, that sort of removes the emotion from it and makes it a little bit easier to, to sift through. So yeah, I hope that's helpful. I know it's, um, it's just a few things, but I just keep seeing this and I'm so sad for younger people. And I just, I can't imagine being in their boat. I do feel very, um, sympathetic toward what that would be like. Um, and like I said, I think those of us who are older, it's easier for us. Not everybody. I mean, there's people, don't get me wrong, plenty of people over 50 who are addicted to it and, and do the same thing. But it's easier, I think, in having lived another way for many, many decades before all this happened um, than it is for young people who've never known any other way. So I'm super sympathetic to to them. And, it, and it, that's why I wanted to do this. And I, and I do end up doing this behind the scenes and coaching a lot. So I just wanted to come on here and... um you know, throw that out to everyone. If you have anything you'd like to add or say, please feel free to reach out to me, Suzanne at the Suzanne Becker show.com. See you guys next time.